Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you so much for joining me. Today I have on Julie Schaefer. In 2012, Julie founded Schaefer Creative to offer consulting, training, and creative design services, empowering firms to secure new work and thrive in the competitive landscape. Through their efforts, Julie and her team have assisted 250 firms across the U.S. in shaping their identities, crafting impactful marketing campaigns, and empowering teams to make the most of their marketing efforts. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. So... This is an exciting episode. This is episode 100, and I could not think of a better person to have the 100th episode with because you are my day oneer. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited to be this bookend from one to 100. This is not a bookend. I know there will be many more, but sure. I'm excited to be part of this. This is the milestone episodes. <laughs> for sure. And I love that we're kind of going back to the basics for this one. Yeah. So we're going to be covering AEC Marketing 101. And the intention of this episode is basically for those marketers who actually know stuff about marketing, which most of my listeners do, this is an episode that you can use to send to someone. Let's say you were talking to someone who's like, hey, what is AEC marketing? What do you do? You can just forward this on to them instead of trying to explain what it is and what we do. If you have family members that you've spoken with over the holiday that have asked you for the 50th time what you do and they still don't understand, you could send them this episode. You could just follow up with a conversation. So Great. this is essentially like gift wrapping our, what yes. we do in the AEC industry. So AEC Marketing 101. Love it. With Julie Love Schaefer. <laughs> so for those of our listeners who did not listen to episode numero uno, how did you get started in this industry? What's your story? Oh, great question. I actually started originally as a graphic designer when I graduated from college. So I was a freelance designer. And at that time, I worked way back then in PageMaker and Cork Express, doing a lot of multi-page layout. And an owner of an engineering firm saw some of my work, and he thought I would make a really good proposal coordinator. And I had no idea what that meant. But I did know when he described to me proposals and statements of qualifications that that is multi-page layout and that's something that I could definitely help with. Sure. So I started working at a regional engineering firm, a niche kind of water wastewater firm here in Texas area and started just right away. You know, I think day one, I had probably six, you know, RFQs or requests for qualifications on my desk to go ahead and get started. Awesome. Baptism by fire. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so for those of our listeners who do not know, and I hope they do because this podcast is called AEC Marketeer. However, if you've been sent this episode and you have no idea what AEC marketing is or what the AEC industry is, Julie, what is the AEC industry? 
So AEC stands for Architecture, Engineering, and Construction. And it is the industry, most simply stated, for the built environment. So you are somebody who needs to build a building or an infrastructure of any kind, pipelines, pump stations, roads, bridges, all of the things that are around us are designed and constructed by those in the AEC industry. And it goes beyond just architects, engineers, and construction. There are adjacent companies, land surveyors, environmental services. There's a lot of other types of firms that are kind of tied into that. But what makes it the most unique is that we're really selling services. We're selling our people and we're selling our experience. So we're not generally selling widgets. Sure. Right. So then that being the case, how do we win work? So it's also unique in (laughs) talking about marketing because a lot of, you know, the six P's of marketing, right? The marketing race. A price was always a big part of that. And in our industry, especially for architects and engineers, we can't compete on price for public sector work. So in 1972, the federal government issued the Brooks Act that says, you know, for, for items of basically public safety and public health, you know, it has to be a qualifications-based selection process. So when you work for, say, an engineering firm and you want to win work, with, say, a city, you know, you can't just give them a bid. They have to go out and request qualifications from multiple firms, and you have to compete on your qualifications, so on your people and on your experience. Right. And then let's say you win said project or bid. What Mm -hmm. is the life cycle of a project? So... Taking an example of, let's say, a city wants or needs a new water treatment plant. Right. Um, They will identify the need, right? They'll issue the request for qualifications. They'll choose a firm from that. So then the firm will likely, depending on the process, and there's, as you know, a lot of different things that go into it, but there's some level of planning around that. There is some level of design And there's some level of construction. So that project, that water treatment plant could take years and years, just that entire process. So the life cycle of an individual project can be very, very lengthy, or it can be really, really short. It could be a little, like a little tiny pipeline job that you have to, you know, do in just a couple of weeks. So there's a a giant life cycle, but in our industry, it really, it falls, again, simply stated, some sort of planning design and construction. Right. And I think what's really interesting to know here, and it was really highlighted for me with my dad, my dad's a land surveyor and he's how I got into the industry. He retired in 2020 and we were driving up the freeway here. I live about 45 minutes from him and he was so excited out of nowhere. And I was like, what is going on? The project that he had planned and helped with was now finally under construction. He had worked on that, his piece of it 15 years ago. Yeah. So like we're talking, it could be a year, it could be six months, but it could be like 15, 20 year projects. Right. Exactly. And I'm currently on a project. It's a, a big giant pipeline project that's been 
you know, I started, I do some public communications for it in 2012. Wow. And our, and it's still, that project is nearing completion, but it's, sure. it's remarkable how lengthy some of these projects can be. Right. So you did mention that we can't typically compete on price. That's with like a little asterisk. Asterisk. Because there's there's public and then there's private. So with public work, obviously we have to compete on qualifications. Private, that they can do whatever they want, basically, within reason. Exactly. Um, And construction can compete on price. Sure. It's design offices. It's architects and engineers that are called. Oh, right. I didn't know that, actually. Cool. What are some areas to consider when we're talking about targeting and and bidding on work? Yeah. So, you know, our target really generally, of course, are, and I'm going to speak for public sector because that's a little easier, you know, that the cities, you know, state agencies, regional water districts, kind of those public sector entities are the main target. So, you know, unlike traditional marketing where we have a a product that we know really well that we can push out, uh-huh. you know, this is, we have to know the clients really well so that we can look at our stuff and figure out how to serve them. So, you know, understanding that those targets will find a lot of times in, you know, one-on-one meetings, we're selling our people, right? We're selling our experience. So we need to have those meetings. We need to be at conferences and events and really a lot more kind of a personal connection with those individuals that are going to make the selections for our firms. Right. So good examples of that would be like your department of water resources, your transportation agencies. Right. All of your dots, all of your utilities. You're, you know, within those organizations, the utility directors, the facilities managers, things like that. Right. So then what should someone know about proposal work before jumping in and how does it differ from your traditional marketing i guess like i'll tack this on to it like what do you wish you would have known oh my goodness that might have just opened up a can of worms (laughs) a huge huge can of worms so i think what's really unique and again we have we have to understand what our clients need and because it's qualifications based you know a lot of what we do in marketing and aec is really around I'm just going to use the term proposals. So the documents that we're preparing to submit to clients based on their requests to us. So yeah. if they need water plant. They're going to put together a document. You know, we need to understand your firm about your firm and who the people are that are going to do the work and which right. projects are most similar, you know, that those people have worked on, projects that your firm has worked on, how you're going to do the work, how long it's going to take you, a schedule. So there's all kinds of things that go into these RFQ documents. So the request for qualifications or request for proposals. Then our firms have to pull together a team of people and how we're going to respond to that to put together a document only competing on qualifications, right? right. So we're not competing on price. So we're looking at, you know, how can we design this better or how can we show, differentiate ourselves better than our competition to win this work. So pulling that together, you know, is is kind of fun and intriguing and challenging in and of itself because mm. again, our people and our projects 
dynamically change every day. So we're constantly having to keep up with that. But what I wasn't prepared for when I entered the industry is how fast these come and how short our deadlines are. You know, a lot of times we just have two to four weeks to put these together. Right. Then how high risk it can be. So, you know, when they say it is due at two o'clock, it is due at two o'clock that day, period. So that was something that was, you know, a little frightening for me because that's a really, really serious deadline. And I could write a book on the horror stories of people that have missed the deadlines of, you know, what, what can happen. They are serious about those deadlines. So making sure you can pull all of that together, meet their qualifications by the deadline was something that was a little bit overwhelming to me, but also kind of fun because I'm kind of competitive by nature. So I do love really the strategy of how we're going to pull all this together and who the right people are and how we're going to differentiate ourselves. And I, I love all of that part of it. Right. It is for very competitive people. It is. Say that because there is nothing better than winning. That's right. <laughs> it like is. we love our firms. We right. love the work we do, but there is nothing better than winning. So <laughs> it is. I know I tell my clients that all the time. Like I'm as invested in this as you are, honestly. Like right. to win as badly as you do. So it really is a, a really cool thing. It makes it a really unique industry in that way. Right. I think, and I actually am going to have an episode all about what people that I I look up to and who I feel are well-established in this industry, what they wish they would have known. That's going to be a whole separate episode. Right. But I think mm-hmm. it's also important to understand with AEC marketing that you have to be technically savvy. So you have to know your stuff. You have to know your software, how to write, you know, depending on your role. But there's this other people side that I feel like traditional marketing maybe doesn't have to take into consideration so much because you are competing for other people in your company's time, right? Because they're on other projects. So it's almost like, I feel like if you were a psychology major, you'd really thrive in this role (laughs) because you will be someone's therapist someone's lead (laughs) and someone's mother or father at one point yeah yeah. exactly that's exactly right because that was the other you know a lot of times we don't have this information just ready to go so the request comes out about this water plant I don't know how to design a water plant I have to go to my technical team so they can tell me and just getting that information out of them in a way that we can use it um, is a, another lesson in people skills. Big time. I can Big do time. that. I can ask the right questions and really meet them where they are so that they can give you the right stuff, which yeah. oftentimes can be just even an interview with them. Yeah. What software do you need to familiarize yourself with to be a successful AEC marketer? Great question. And of course, my favorite that I will always say is Adobe InDesign. Right. Is what we use, you know, overwhelmingly in our industry to put these together. So they are oftentimes magazine quality layout because you have to really stand out that much more than the competition. 
Of course, she needed to know Microsoft's products, Word, Excel, PowerPoint. Obviously, it's helpful if you know some other graphic. You know, if that is your role to be in graphics, Illustrator and Photoshop would be awesome. But the biggest one, of course, InDesign and Word are probably the two biggest ones, actually. Then if your firm has a database, kind of understanding how databases work. So maybe, you know, a vantage point, a Uninet, an open asset, something like that. I mean, I know I'm listing off a laundry list of different softwares, but this is a really unique role. The marketing coordinator can vary widely throughout the industry. And a lot of us really have to use almost all of the things I just listed. And then some of us only have to use Word. So, but knowing all of those. And again, back to InDesign, I told my daughter, who's a marketing manager when she was in college, I was like, you really got to learn InDesign now. Learn it now. And she's so grateful that she did because that really kind of gave her a little bit of a, a leg up. Leg up. Yeah. Perfect. Are there any topics or questions that I didn't cover that you want to talk about? Do you feel like we explained our profession well enough? I Yes, I think so. I, I wanted to go back, circle back to proposals a little bit. Um, yes. Right. I get this question a lot from, you know, graphic designers and other people as far as putting together something that we're submitting. Right. And, you know, these are really static submittals. We're following a prescriptive list of requirements. So mm-hmm. times we don't have the creative flexibility to make really cool animations and video and a lot of other things that a lot of other, you know, marketing and other industries have that luxury. And, and of course, we can do that in other ways and social and other places. Sure. But a lot of times these tend to be really static and there's so much work that goes into them. And really, it's the selection committee of maybe like five to 10 people that ever, right. ever see it. So some of that can feel like, but I want the world to see my proposal. But really, it's just a really small group. So that, those two things are kind of unique around proposals. And you saying that also triggered me to think interview processes. So if you get shortlisted, which is when they select like anywhere from one to five not one, then you'd be winning two to five, five. <laughs> let's say, firms that they have decided they want to know more about your approach or people, or maybe that's just their process is to go straight from qualifications or proposals to interviews. Then you have to coach your interview team and you usually have, if you're lucky, a week to prepare for that. Right. That's another can of worms. But one thing that we always talk about before we even start the proposal phase, the RQ phase, is what are some things that we can go ahead and tie into the interview? Like go right. ahead and prepare for that in the very beginning and go ahead and put some of those graphics together as you're, you know, working through and some of those other messaging items have those ready for, you know, it's still PowerPoint world generally for interviews. So having those ready for PowerPoint. So that you can focus on preparing your staff. You know, a lot of times, a lot of the people that we work with are uber smart architects and engineers, and they're fabulous at what they do and not necessarily as comfortable public speaking. So sometimes there's a level of coaching them through that and, and helping, making them comfortable with their message. Right. 
Yeah. That I don't think a lot of them went into being an enge- engineer, architect, general contractor, wanting to get up and talk to people. Right. So it's definitely a hurdle, whereas a lot of marketers, I mean, the most dangerous thing you could do in a room full of marketers is have us turn to the person next to us and talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly right. You're never going to get the room to to shut up. No, no, we're very, we're very good talkers. Yeah. All right. Anything else that we should cover for said listener who doesn't know what we do? Yeah. Well, the other thing, I think we should talk about it because obviously it's, the hottest topic right now is how in the world is AI going to change all of this and affect us big time in, in this world of marketing when we're putting together all of this content. And I'll tell you it, I mean, it's changing every day as right. we all know, but certainly helping with the brainstorming process and helping with some of the content, at least getting you started on some of the content has been tremendously helpful. Big time. I have primarily used Jasper, and I've talked about this a bit, to essentially make my ugly first draft for me. Yeah. And I think AI is not going to necessarily be able to do what we do because it's so technical. It's spitting out a lot of generic stuff, but if you give it quality information, it will spit out closer to quality content. Right. Right. And get you at least started and I think it's even more helpful for again a lot of the technical staff that right that's not they're not necessarily comfortable just staring at a blank page so get them started you right know, we need a show for you here's a great starting point please obviously edit it update it but it I think it really really helps them with somewhere to start again it is not please it's not the final product right but one of the most intriguing things to me lately is Firefly 2 is out which of course gives us a whole graphics capabilities. But even just in chat, GPT, you know, I asked it this week to build me an org chart and it did, you know, I Uh asked it to build a schedule and it did. So obviously they have to be edited. Obviously they have to be cleaned up, but from even just a brainstorming perspective, you know, it's been amazing of, oh, that's an interesting design that we hadn't, we hadn't thought about that before. So Right. That kind of makes it really cool, but it's, it's definitely changing. So stay on top of it. Yeah. I, I also find it helps me stay away from my crutch words. Mm-hmm. I think we all have words in the AEC industry that we overuse. Extensive. Yes. Gets used a lot. Right. Specialized expertise. Specialized expertise. <laughs> so, and, and I think even personally, I have words that I like to use quite frequently and it sort of keeps me away from those. So if you're one of those people that finds that, you know, all of your writing is using the same words, pop it in to whatever AI you'd like to. Super helpful. Oh yeah. I also know that Adobe has come out with its own AI. So Adobe's I mean, well, Firefly is the the Oh, that's what it's called. That's okay, what it's called. I didn't yes. realize that. Okay. Got it. Yes. Got it. So Adobe Firefly is it's web-based, so anyone can use Got it. Got it. DC okay. subscribers get, you know, obviously can get to it too. But that's really where the first place that they're putting the most updated content, you know, as right. new models come out. So cool. Firefly is, it's remarkable 
just how much it's changed in the last month, few months. Wow. Okay. I'm going to have to dig into that too. That yeah. has happened while I've been on maternity leave. <laughs> yes. Cool. Hashtag a Debbie Firefly. I hope it's... they're giving you commission. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Not that you would use it to create your own project photography. Obviously, we're selling our actual projects, not sure. fake projects, but for other, other little things that can be really helpful. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, if our listeners want to learn more about you or get in touch with you or maybe even take one of your classes, where should I direct them? Yes. So probably to my website, SchaeferCreative.com. So no C in Schaefer. I am starting in the, you know, in 2024, diving right into a lot of different training opportunities, especially at SMPS regional conferences. So perfect. Yeah. So we'll be all over the place. Yeah. If you are looking to get started in the AEC industry, these trainings are a great place to start. Yes. Thank you. Passionate about helping marketing coordinators do their jobs. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was so nice to see you again. You too. Thank you so much.